I'm going to talk to you about today about a subject that's uh, definitely a godly attribute, okay? And we're in the middle of the series now on, on the loyalty, okay? Because God wants us to be loyal. And, and today we're going to talk about a man named Jonathan, and you may be familiar with him, okay? But I want to let you know that if this were a military setting, okay, and you were in a foxhole in the battle, Jonathan is a man that you would want in there with you, okay? Because you know why? He would have your six. He has the kind of loyalty that we would like to have in our families, in our friends, in our colleagues at work, in our fellow brothers. Jonathan remained loyal his entire life, and his main loyalty by being loyal in other areas, his main loyalty was to God. Sadly, in today's culture, not much is mentioned about loyalty. As a matter of fact, it's kind of been perverted into almost like it's a weak trait, okay, uh, rather than a strength. It's often loyalty is used, unfortunately, to form alliances so that we could get things that we want. Or maybe to get our ideas pushed. You know, getting on the good side of an employer for personal gain. Or even in a church setting, getting on the good side of a pastor, okay, to see what kind of appointment you could get. We're not, we're not, you know, we're not excluded from that. And sadly, in, in the church, a lot of the traits that the world is going, sadly to say, the church is going too. However, however, that's not where Jesus is going because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? So we're called to be loyal. Jonathan's loyalty to David, who eventually became king, was very, very deep. All right? Jonathan knew just think about this. He was in the line of secession, in the royal line of secession, because Jonathan, for those of you that may not know, Jonathan's father was King Saul, the first king of Israel. Okay? And Jonathan was next in line to be king, as far as the normal trait goes. But God had a different idea, because way back in Genesis, I think it was 49.10, God said, that the Messiah would come through the family of Judah, not through the family of Benjamin, which is where Saul was from. Jonathan was loyal his entire life to his father. He never cast aside his father. But yet when his father went astray, Jonathan stayed on purpose for God's purposes. And he even for his nation fought in many battles and he was so loyal to his father that even in the last battle that he fought, he died alongside his father in that battle. And his whole life, never once wavering with his loyalty to David and his loyalty to God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for these men that come out today, these warriors that come out at 6.30 in the morning to hear your word, Father. 
And I pray that you speak to each and every man here, including me, that you speak not my words, Lord, just let your words come through. Let my words fade away. Father, I pray that we can learn a lesson from Jonathan. He's in, the, he's in your word, Lord. And your word is a guide for us on how we should live our lives, Lord. And I pray that we can hear about Jonathan and take away something that would draw us closer to your son, Jesus Christ, that we may be loyal in all that we do in following your will and following your purposes. Because in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. All right, so Jonathan's story is first found in the first Samuel, starting in chapter 13, okay, where we see his father as king, and we see Saul as a great king at the beginning, but then we see him faltering and eventually failing, being replaced by David, a man after God's own heart. Not only was Jonathan, as I said, completely loyal to David, he was completely loyal also to his father, but he, he was loyal at the risk of his own life. There was one point, as you know, when um, Saul became jealous of David because the crowds were cheering that, you know, he, he won more battles than Saul, and he got jealous. There was one point, two points that I can recall in the Bible where he actually throws a javelin at David, and David gets away, all right? So... But at, at another point, he actually throws the javelin at Jonathan. So Jonathan was loyal to the future king of Israel, even at the risk of his own life. He was loyal to his nation at the risk of his own life, which he had ended up paying the ultimate price. Yet you know what? Jonathan found that the risk was worth it. That the risk of being loyal was worth it. So why, why in the Bible, I was thinking, why was Jonathan's legacy so much of loyalty of, in Jonathan's legacy? And like, there's a couple different reasons. Number one, he lived, out his, he lived out his loyalty. Never wavering, he lived out his loyalty. As mentioned, as I said before, he, he was next in line to be king and knew that this man, David, was going to be the king. Samuel had already anointed David as the new king. And yet, how would we act in that situation? How would most act in that situation? Would they befriend this guy, not for, not for purposes of our own desires, would they befriend this guy and totally support him before God, wanting him to succeed, or would we be bitter? There's a lesson we can learn. He lived out his loyalty without wavering. Because he knew, he knew that it was God's purposes, God's purposes that were the key, God's purposes that he needed to be loyal to. And David was to be king of Israel. Never once did he cast aside his father. He built such a deep friendship with David that perhaps, as the Bible indicates, it perhaps is the greatest friendship ever. Let's look at 1 Samuel 
As soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Yet, even though he built this friendship where he felt that his souls were knitted together, he never ever once discarded his father. He continued to obey his father. He continued to talk to his father about David. He continued to try to correct his father, okay? But he never deserted his father. He never deserted that communication. He never stopped obeying his father as long as it was in line with God. And as I said, he even fought alongside his father in the battle in which he gave his life. Number two, Jonathan's loyalty was never based on selfish desires, as we talked about. He was well, well aware that he wasn't going to be king, and yet he was supportive of the man that God chose. And he never stopped trying. Jonathan never stopped trying to mend the deteriorating relationship between David and his father. He never stopped trying. Because you know what? He was showing a loyalty to God and he wanted to glorify God. And you know, unconditional loyalty is based on love. As mentioned, Jonathan died in battle, but prior to that, we read in 1 Samuel 23, 17. Let's look at that. And he said to him, Do not fear, for the hand of Saul my father shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel, and I shall be next to you. Saul, my father, also knows this. David is, Jonathan's telling David, don't worry about it. I got your back. You're going to be king of Israel, and I'm supporting you, and I will be next to you. But as we know, David did succeed. <laughs> David did become king after Saul, but Jonathan had already died, so he did not serve next to him. Yet the lessons, I believe that the lessons that David learned from Jonathan affected how he ruled as king. As a matter of fact, finding Jonathan's only remaining son and caring for him for the rest of his life. Let's look at 2 Samuel 9.1. David said, is there still anyone left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? It was his only surviving son, and his name was Mephibosheth, if I'm saying that right. And, um, and he was lame from like five years old. Someone had dropped him, and he broke both his legs, and he was lame. And David was committed to taking care of him for the rest of his life. Because of the way Saul's, uh, Jonathan's friendship and Jonathan's loyalty. What a different world it would be today, right, man? What a different world today would be 
if we who claim to be followers of Christ were intentionally determined to have that godly loyalty in our relationships with the ultimate desire of glorifying God. Can you imagine how much better our relationships would be? Can you imagine how much better our relationship with the Lord would be? And isn't that really the, worth the cost of being loyal? You see, you see we're, we're really missing the point if we read about Jonathan and, and his loyalty to David. We're really missing the point if we didn't attribute that loyalty to his loyalty to God. Jonathan looked at David as a friend and not a rival. How do we do with that on our jobs? How do we do with that on our jobs with our coworkers, okay? You think you're up for a promotion and someone else gets it. Do we continue to support the person that's now over us? Or are we bitter about it? Are we bitter about it? And maybe even hope that he doesn't succeed. I've been like that in my life. Maybe I'm alone in that. But then when you come to your senses, you figure, you know what? No authority, no supervisor, no pastor is in place unless God allows them to be. Okay? And, and, and God has chosen to be at that time. And so our true loyalty, our true loyalty is to God. And there, therefore, we're called, we're called to respect that authority. And not to let our pride get in the way. Because God has something in store for each and every one of us. Amen? God has something in store. And maybe that promotion. I've had so many men. It's happened in my life. So many men come back and say, wow, I'm glad that I didn't go in that direction. Because what I found was so much better. And that's the attitude that Jonathan displayed. But where is our first loyalty to be? Shouldn't it be to the one that only, not only first made us, but then bought us with a price? Amen? That relationship supersedes all other relationships between friends, between family, our loyalty to God. And we need to seek him daily and seek him daily to find what his will is for our lives. And sometimes his will, things that are happening hurt. They hurt really bad, okay, sometimes. But yet, we need to have that peace and, 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 and receive that joy of God's salvation that he's got such a great plan for each and every one of his children. And sometimes we get blinded by the direction we want to go, okay, not thinking that God knows that would be the worst place for you. I don't know if anyone else has ever experienced that, where you were so glad afterwards for an unanswered prayer. And just can I have a show of hands if that's ever happened to anybody? Okay, so I'm not alone. Amen? All right. But you know what? You can never be loyal. You can never, ever be loyal to the one and only Lord Jesus Christ if you've never acknowledged them as such. It's not that large a crowd, but there may be one here today 
that's never done that. And yet the Holy Spirit has been, has been just nudging you and nudging you. I'm going to pray for that person right now. Would you join me? And if you are that person, today may be your opportunity like God did with Zacchaeus. Today may be your opportunity where God is saying, today salvation has come to your house. In order to lead men, in order to lead families well, you ultimately cannot do that. You might be doing a good job worldly, but if you don't have Jesus Christ, okay, we really don't have anything. Let's pray. Father, I pray that if there's that one man here today that comes here seeking to learn more about your son, Jesus Christ, that you would touch his heart, Lord. If you are that one man, it's a simple prayer, but it's not the words of the prayer. It's salvation, it's the condition of your heart. Just confess. Father, I know that I am a sinner. The Bible says we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I know that I'm a sinner. And Father, I know that I need a Savior. Tell him. God will never refuse this prayer. Father, please send your son, Jesus Christ, to be my Lord and Savior. Jesus, ask him, Jesus, come into my life. From now on, I want you to have first place in my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I believe that your crucifixion and resurrection paid for each and every one of my sins. And Father, I want Jesus to be first in my life. And it's in his name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, let someone know at the tables, me, you can get further prayer and further direction. Okay, so... so when we also show, show loyalty to our friends and to our family, we also have to remember we need to show loyalty to authority, as I said before. Let's look at Romans 13, 1 to 2. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities Resist what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. Subject to authority in the church, on the job, in our country. We may not, we may not, we may be farthest from agreeing with the principles that some people have but we are still to serve under their authority, okay? And we're still to pray for those that are in authority. And finally, as we close, one of the greatest gifts to have, when you think about Jonathan and David, one of the greatest gifts to have is a lifelong friend that you know, that you know, that you can count on for your entire life. 
Do you have a friend that will always stick with you through thick and thin, never turning your back on you? Man, you can't get that kind of friend by trying to buy their friendship or by trying to impress them with your power or with your reputation. You make, totally loyal, you make totally loyal friends by loving them unconditionally. Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loves at all times. Yet you know what? To find that kind of friend, you have to be that kind of friend. You see, guys, I know what I'm talking about when it comes to that. Because for a long time, I had a friend like that. Thick and thin, not Christians, not Christians. But God already knew the direction that I was coming, and hopefully he was going. Loyal in every aspect. Unseparable. And then on March 31st, 1972, in a tragic accident that we were in, in one instant, the friend was gone. Yet I stand before you to tell you about what God did to this friend who wasn't even saved, was reported dead on the news, one breath from eternity in hell, because Jesus Christ is the most loyal friend you'll ever have. Hard for me to say. I got to say at one time, I wouldn't give my testimony here for seven years as Eric was trying to convince me to do. And I finally did. And unplanned, one of the last things I said up here, and I mean it. If I get there and Tom's not there, I'm still going to be happy for all of eternity because I'm going to be with my Savior, Jesus Christ. Men, it's also wise to remember that no one's perfect. None of us is perfect. Yet not only does God deserve your loyalty, your family deserves your loyalty. Your friends deserve your loyalty. Even though they may fail you. Because even when Saul failed his son, even when Saul failed David, they never stopped serving him. David had several opportunities to kill Saul in self defense, but he wouldn't touch God's anointing.
I encourage each man here to never stop being faithful. Never stop being loyal. Never stop being a friend. Proverbs 3, 3 to 4. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. If each of us Christian men, men of God, were determined to be intentionally, intentionally, and totally loyal in each of our relationships, I believe we would indeed change the direction of our churches, of our workplaces, of our families, of our friendships, pointing each of them to the Lord Jesus Christ. And as a result, that would change the world. In doing so, we would then, as Jonathan did, be strengthening our relationships with the Lord. Men, isn't that what we're called to do? Men, isn't that worth the cost? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as we go off into our groups, Lord, I pray that your words would stick with each and every man and that we would walk away from here, Father, being loyal, loyal to your word, loyal to the will that you have for us, not that we have for ourselves, loyal to the purposes that you lead us to. Father, help us to seek you each and every day. Help us to ask to be filled with your spirit each and every day so that we could be loyal friends, loyal comrades at work, loyal husbands, loyal fathers, but most of all, Father, loyal to your Son, Jesus Christ, and your will for our lives. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.